Hey everyone, uh, today, whether you know it or not, your customers, your vendors, and you are having money stolen from your bank accounts, from your credit cards, using your own, your very own email. Yeah, your email. And you don't even know it, right? And what you don't know is that it's happening more and more, more often than you think. You see what's happening are hackers are actually injecting themselves into your email conversations, your active email conversations, and putting in bank account and credit card information that's fake and goes to their accounts. And so what happens is your connections, those people that you're talking to, can send money or fall for fall for the emails that look like they've come from you. So it's happening all the time. But before we get to really what's the deep, deep, deep of what's going on, um, we're going to talk about all of that, what, 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 what's actually going on, the various scenarios, and, uh, and what you can do to stop it. So uh, I'm Jim Gast, and this is No Law From Left Behind. We want to thank you for listening or watching, if you, which, whichever one you're doing. And uh, what we're here to do on No Law From Left Behind is help you, uh, your law firm be more competitive, help your staff and your attorneys be more productive, and ultimately to help get customers calling because that's really what it comes down to for business, right? We got to get our customers calling. Um, and so I'm joined today with Dave and Vinny. Hi guys. How's it hey, going? Doing good. Doing good. Yep. This is a really exciting topic and, uh, and, and really is something that's scary. Uh, and I know we all know it's happening more and more. So Vinny, would you mind just kind of getting right into it and tell people what's happening? Yeah. So I've been pushing Jim to get this topic on the list for, for quite some time. Right. Um, you know, out there, the, the hackers are constantly uh, breaching accounts. Right. Whether it be your customers accounts or your vendors accounts. Um, and they're getting very crafty in what they do. They monitor those mailboxes uh, to look for things that are. That, that, that they can inject themselves in, like Jim said already, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they look for conversations. They look for emails. Um, they, and then they start uh, crafting their own replies. Um, and it could be potentially using your email address, right? Uh, that That's what really concerns us um, is that you, your customers are uh, or your vendors are potentially losing money and you're potentially losing money. Uh, when your email is being used, and it doesn't even have to be coming from your mailbox, right? Your yeah. your account doesn't even have to be breached at that point. They they could be impersonating you uh, by breaching somebody else's mailbox, um, or, or they can be spoofing your email address, and that happens on a daily basis. Uh, bad actors are doing this daily. They're doing this across the board. No big, no no place is too big or too small. If mm-hmm. they can make a bunny, if they can make a buck, they make a buck. And that's what they're looking to do. A quick 15, 17, 100,000, not 100,000 nah, 100, is quick, but I mean, you're going to see a quick 10 to $20,000 hit on somebody paying a bill potentially, or you paying a bill. Um, it, it's happening all the time, isn't it, Dave? Yeah. I mean, the thing that people fail to realize um, is that it doesn't always involve somebody's account being breached. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, there are a lot of ways that are completely outside your email system that can have a negative effect. Um, so it doesn't, you don't necessarily have to have a hacker 
in order to, you know, get into your system in order to fall victim to this mm-hmm. problem. We've got mm-hmm. a question actually coming in from Raul. Re- I apologize, Raul, if I'm not pronouncing your name correctly. And he asks, how do I get these to stop? <laughs> I think that's, we're going to that. get to that, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. We're going to okay. talk about right. that. Right. Uh, we want to set up the scenarios and uh, and kind of tell you what's going on because there's a number of different types of scenarios, but we're going to definitely cover uh, in in less than 10 minutes what's, what's happening and how to stop it. So, uh, you know, even Ben Shore today, uh, who is a Microsoft employee, um, runs uh, runs Office 365 for, for lawyers on Facebook. Great group. If you're not a member, go join that group too. Um, even he put out a post today. What I thought was really interesting is that even any person in your organization can actually have their email account hacked, right? And so, and it's easy to fall prey to to get those credentials for like a Microsoft 365 or something like that. And so uh, once that person is hacked, then that account can be used to send emails out to the world, right? Or an inside hack, look, make it look like an inside job, right? Asking, hey, what's the account number for so and so? Or can you send money to this account? Uh, you know, th- this is one that people don't talk about a whole lot. I don't think. Yeah, and I quickly want to define something because uh, yeah. I don't. I feel like we haven't done a really good job at, yet, at it yet. There, there, you know, an impersonation attack, right? Is someone uh, sending an email pretending to be you or someone in your organization? And usually they pick somebody high up in the organization that people would respond to, right? Or a contact that is like a salesperson or a manager or such, where the response is uh, is more likely to be uh, to be received because of the title of that person. And so the the impersonation again, like Dave said, it doesn't have to include a breach. Right. It could be they could be using Gmail or they could be using any other service out there uh, to impersonate um, uh, a person in your organization and target people within your organization or target your customers or target your vendors. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And if the person receiving that email is not savvy enough, um, they can easily fall prey to that. I I don't even think it's savviness now. Right. I mean, when I pull up to a stop sign. It's not savvy to stop at the stop sign, right? I know it's a stop sign. So if if we take that and say, that's a foregone conclusion that I have to follow that rule, right? Well, we've always said you need to suspect email. So you don't have to be savvy. You just have to be paying well, attention. And, and that's what I mean by that is, yeah, is, yeah. is that, you you know, it's no longer the time where we can just open anything, right? Uh, email right. is not safe, Um uh, uh, as safe as it, you know, or innocent as it used to be. Right. And so, I mean, this started decades ago. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we need to be aware We our users need to be aware. And in that sense, I mean, savvy, right. They need to be aware of what the dangers are. Just to, um, just to go ahead. I'm sorry. And let me just jump in for a second here. And I don't, I don't want to jump the gun on how do we stop these, but there needs to be some additional checks and balances put in place for certain items. So on some level, Vinny, you're absolutely right. The users need to have a certain level of savviness. Mm-hmm. At the same time, organizations do as well. Yeah. 
And I don't want to jump the gun on that, but I just want to make sure that it's not not just at the user level. The organization itself also has to have um, sets of rules. Hey, if X happens, then we better do Y to confirm, et cetera. So, so let's go through um, a, a real world type of example, right? Hypothetical, but real world type of example. Sure. I'm sitting here and I'm a I'm a vendor, right? And I'm I'm dealing with you, Dave, right? And, and we're talking about uh, I need to pay your bill, okay? You, I'm a vendor, or you need to pay my bill. Sorry, in reverse. You need to pay my bill. So I'm going to send you a bill, Dave, okay? Mm-hmm. And and you're going to respond back to me saying. Great, um, you know, you know. Here's the here is uh, here's how much you owe us or something like that. Well, I don't want to send you a check. I want to wire it to you. Or can I use a credit card, right? And so, what could happen is a hacker could be sitting there monitoring either side of that email conversation, the vendor side of the conversation, or the customer side of that conversation, right? How they're how they're monitoring it. There's a multitude of ways in which they could be monitoring it. They could have hacked the vendor's email account. They could have hacked the customer's email account, or they, they could, could have just gotten lucky and sent things at the beginning of the month when people get invoices. Yeah. Now this is a this is a situation when it's really a hack. Let's talk about a scenario where it's really a hack. Okay. And so I I'm the vendor and and I say yes, you can pay my account. Here's my credit card. Here's our account uh, ACH or wire transfer or whatever, right? Okay. Or I'm the customer and saying, I can use this credit card. Okay. You can use this credit card, Mr. Vendor. Am I making sense so far, guys? And so maybe I maybe I send them as a hacker from the vendor. I say, I put in a fake link that goes to a fake uh, a wire transfer, transfer or credit card payment gateway that goes to the hacker's account instead. But if the customer wasn't paying attention, you know, they how would they know? I had to, I had this happen last week where I had to pay a bill and um, I normally just go right to the link. But I'm like, you know what? I'm going to call just to make sure that this link is the valid link. Didn't use the telephone number, by the way. I just had I just had the exact same thing. And Jim, I'm still waiting for a response from you. Um, I got an email from, you know, our Verizon rep oh yeah oh yeah saying hey it's time to up uh, you know upgrade your phone etc cetera, etc cetera. why don't you go ahead and email me back and we'll start talking i sent a message to you jim saying hey who's our actual account manager yep you know i think yep. this is legit because i do think i'm eligible for an upgrade but i don't know this person mm-hmm. i'm not going to talk mm-hmm. about my verizon account with them yep and i do the same even even if i get something that's that looks like it came from jim and says go sign up for this right again i'm i am yeah i just have it in my mind i i always double check on something that's out of the ordinary right? now let's get to i think raul i think that's pronounced pronounced my our apologies um let's get to that 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 situation where there hasn't been a hack okay let's get to that impersonation so i'm a hacker and and I know billing in law firms or businesses happens the beginning of the month, okay? Um, and I'm going to go out and buy a, buy an email, a domain that looks like, you know, yourlawfirm.com, but an O is a zero or something along those lines, okay? Or maybe I maybe your domain has an L or an I, and I replaced my I replaced my email address looking like it's a capital L or something like that, but it's really an I. I've seen it where people just throw. Uh, we have. An- 
you know, where they would have double letters or something mm-hmm. like that. You know, they might have a pair well, of two next two. to each other because I got bad eyes. And they just put a third one in. And yes. it's so easy to, to just read right past that. And so that's specifically an impersonation attempt is what that's called, guys. That's not a real hack. Yeah, yeah that's mm-hmm. a domain yeah. impersonation. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Or for that matter, I could just go out and get a Gmail and just start opening up a Gmail. And the display name that shows is the name of my boss, which anybody can get from LinkedIn or the website. Right, guys? Yeah. So, so the topic today is really doesn't really cover how to stop those types of attacks, right? But I'm going to quickly say that uh, services like Mimecast or services like Microsoft Advanced Threat, or actually it's called Microsoft Defender now, yeah. right? But it's the Advanced Threat Protection um, in, in which they include uh, the AI to block those types of impersonation. Impersonation attempts. If you're going to look for a solution... Look for stop impersonation um, impersonation attempts is really what it's called. And almost every good email security solution out there should have that today. But let's get to the very specifics of, of how to stop the ones where people have really been attacked. Right. Um, Vinny, I know you I know this is this is what you've been wanting to talk about. It's your floor. Yeah. So again, our goal is to talk about ways to minimize these these types of attacks, right? Um, I don't think there's a 100% foolproof way to completely to completely block a, mm-hmm. a, a breach or, or or anything like that, right? Um, but we want to minimize the the opportunities, uh, lower the risk uh, of those types of things happening. And one really effective way, one really really good way that everyone should be doing across the board is two-factor authentication. Um, uh, we've been really pushing it to our clients. Um, we've been implementing it in different ways, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. Um, in some cases, we're using a product called Duo, uh, which is a great product because it can be implemented across the board. You can use that on your computers. You can use that on your terminal servers. You can use that on your VPN, and you can use it on your Microsoft accounts, right? Or in some cases, if uh, depending on the type of setup that the customer has, we may just implement the Microsoft two-factor authentication mm-hmm. that's included with their licensing, right? Yeah. And again, the two-factor what two-factor authentication is, right, is just like a second form of ID. So you log in with your regular password, um, and then you're prompted for a second form of ID. The advantage of that second form, though, is that it's constantly changing, right? Yeah. Um, every 30 seconds, that it's a, it's usually a six-digit code, and there's different ways you can do it. You can do it through an app. You can do it through a push. You can do it through an email, right? Um, I always recommend the the, the app or um, the push, uh, but uh, the uh, that six-digit code changes every 30 seconds. So even yeah. if someone uh, comp- were to get your uh, your password. Um, because it was compromised somewhere along the line, right? That second form of ID is always changing, and it's very difficult to overcome that. Dave, let me ask you this, based on what Vinny's saying here. I'm sitting here at my computer, and I'm working, okay? Mm-hmm. And my my organization has implemented multi-factor authentication. Right. Um, and I, get, I have an app for it on my phone mm-hmm. that props up, says, hey, do you want to log in? I'm sitting here, and I'm working, and all of a sudden, I'm not trying to log anywhere, but I get this prompt on my phone saying, "Hey, can you approve your access?" What would that? What, what could that tell us? It tells me that there's a very high likelihood that someone's compromised my primary authentication credentials for that account. 
which is like a it, password. They've got your password most likely. Basically, they 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 got your password, whether it be through data that was leaked somewhere in the dark web or through a brute force attack, whatever it might be. It's definitely a cause for concern. You know, I don't. If that happens, I don't completely freak out. But I no. definitely go take mitigating steps at that point. I would go and I would change that password. And even though you shouldn't be doing this anywhere else, I'm using those passwords. But yeah, we'll save that for another discussion. Don't duplicate passwords. Vinny, right. would I, what would I do with that prompt? Would I approve it or decline it? <laughs> uh, obviously, if it's not from me, you don't want to approve it. Right. right? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that would be bad. And again, like they said, immediately I would be changing my passwords. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, of course, what's the what? Well, you know, should they tell anyone? I I, I think definitely notify your IT uh, because um, then, uh, you know, it, at least the minimum effort should be done to investigate. Uh, are there any other accounts being accessed from, you know, mm-hmm. even like weird locations? Right. Um, are there, uh, do, you know, we as IT people, you know, are we don't want to deal with security breaches. Um, uh, and so we want to make sure that we're uh, on the lookout for those types of things. And we will do uh, here at SpliceNet, we will, we will do uh, uh, an investigation as far as w- what can we tell that has been compromised. Yeah. Basically, if we come across any sort of uh, indicator of compromise for one user, we have a protocol that we go through to say, you know what, we only have evidence to suggest that perhaps one account was breached, but ju- we have to be safe. We yeah. have to go and we have to circle the wagons and make mm-hmm. sure that there's nothing else fishy going on out there. And we make so, worst case scenario assumptions is what we do. But but as IT, we can't do that unless the end user tells us and, that and, something strange has happened. And it's typical that a breach will not be found out until mm-hmm. later, right? And months and months and, months. and and most of the time, by that time, multiple accounts have been mm-hmm. compromised. And so that's why we well, we most of the time, uh, by that time, multiple accounts have been compromised. Because they they're doing their at that point, they're doing their internal social engineering, right? And they're collecting more, more, as much information as they can. They're doing their impersonation attacks and their phishing attacks against internal people from internal people. And yeah. so most uh, threat actors spend, most threat actors spend a significant amount of time performing reconnaissance. And staying mm. off the radar. They don't want to trigger anything to anybody until it's time to do whatever the bad thing that they really set out to do is. Yep. 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 So guys, uh, we've got a minute left. Um, you know, we again, Dave, Vinny, this is a very serious topic. And and why is it serious? This isn't the big ransomware attack. Although multi-factor authentication can protect you from a ransomware attack, correct? Yeah. Could help in, in, in a sense. Yeah. So I got a question. Uh, Allison's email was hacked this weekend. It's fixed now. Um, yeah. You know what? That's uh, personal accounts. Can Actually, let's mention personal accounts, non-business accounts. You can multi-factor authenticate Gmail, Outlook.com. All You could multi-factor authenticate your Facebook if you wanted to. And you should, you should consider it. I recommend, I tell everyone, every account that you have, see if second factor authentication is available. If it is, enable it, period, end of story. Yep, 
Yeah, you're going to definitely save somebody some money down the road that mm -hmm. potentially may not be collectible somewhere, you know, in their life. I had a friend who had had a had a hack like that in her personal life and she lost personally something like along the lines of twenty five thousand dollars that she never and years of credit, credit monitoring and credit rebuilding and so on and so forth. So, guys, great topic. I really appreciate it. Um, anything, any last things do you want to add? Yep. I just want to say uh, just some quick things. Uh, there are multiple applications out there that you can use for the multi-factor authentication. Obviously, if you uh, are working with us, we're going to put something like the Azure Authenticator or the Duo uh, applications yeah. out there for you. If you want to do something on your own for your personal accounts, um, there's a lot of great options out there. Google has an option, uh, Google Authenticator. Um, mm -hmm. Also, uh, LastPass has a, an authenticator out there. Just to mention a couple, right? Um, I'm, I'm not saying that one's better Another than the other. Another one that I've used in the past was Authy. Authy, yep. I was just going to mention Authy. I'm not saying that one's better than the other, but just grab one. Grab one of those uh, and start using it. Um, and uh, and that way, you can start protecting yourselves. Every, like, like uh, Jim said and Dave said, any service that you can set up two-factor authentication, start doing it. Bank accounts. Keep bank account logins. Definitely one of them. Guys, thanks a lot. Great topic. Really appreciate it. As always, uh, uh, No Law Firm Left Behind is on Tuesdays at 1030 Eastern. Uh, you can find us on, in our No Law Firm Left Behind group on LinkedIn. There is that horrible, horrible URL. Uh, don't bother writing it down. Just grab your phone and take a picture of it, or you can catch the replay of this and, and grab it. Um, if you just go to No Law from Left Behind and search, I'm sorry, LinkedIn and search No Law from Left Behind, you'll find the group uh, and ask to join it. You'll find us on um, on YouTube as well as Facebook, but all the major podcast platforms, Pan uh, Pandora, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Um, if you want a real quick QR code to grab the um, grab the um, the actual link to all of our podcasts, and you can go to the one. This is a list of them. Uh, just take a picture of this QR code, and uh, and it'll link you to it. So again, thanks a lot, guys. Great topic. Talk next week. All right, see ya. Bye now. Have a good day.